It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions every day of basketball and hockey playoffs. DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part? It's free for you to get a shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's game and track your results throughout the evening. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, May 25th, and yes, it is. Ian Cameron back in the host chair feeling good. Uh, all of this uh, worry and fretting about you know the uh, shot that I had for COVID, um, no problems. Other than maybe a little tenderness in the arm, feeling good, uh, feeling energized, and uh, happy to be back on the show today and ready to break down these mini two-game uh, NHL card just two games on tap tonight uh, Alex B Smith with me and uh, Alex did a great job uh, on the uh, solo mission uh, of the show on Sunday or on Monday I should say did a great job with that uh, Alex uh, welcome in and uh, yeah good job uh, taking over the range yesterday Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, Ian, I give you a ton of credit. What you do is, is this is not easy, uh, you know, hosting, obviously, you know, we always get to bounce stuff off of each other, but, but running the ship solo a little bit tougher, but, uh, but it went well. Unfortunately, the picks didn't go as well uh, on my end. I did not have the, the best of nights, uh, but hopefully, you know, we can uh, kind of try to rectify that tonight with these two games. Yeah, we'll get to uh, tonight's two matchups, Nashville, Carolina, Toronto, Montreal, in just a second. Brief recap of what we saw last night. What we saw last night was a second loss in the series for the Pittsburgh Penguins where you could exactly point the finger of blame to Tristan Jari. I hate to be harsh because you hate to always center out one guy, but you can't make that giveaway. You just can't have that in a in an overtime situation like that. Uh, just put the puck right on the stick of Bailey, and sure enough, that's all she wrote. Uh, the Islanders get the Game 5 overtime win. All the momentum on their side now, 3-2, and they'll look to close out the Penguins. And uh, look, this continues to be... Uh, a nightmare for the Penguins facing the Islanders in the playoffs, whether it's two years ago, whether it's Mario and Yaramir Yager in 1993 coming off back-to-back Stanley Cup championships, losing to the Islanders in the first round. Uh, it has just been problems against this franchise in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and it might continue to be that way here. So disappointing. I mean, Ilya Sorokin, uh, hands down, uh, stole damn near stealing the game for the New York Islanders with his performance last night, outstanding in net. Uh, Pittsburgh had their chances, couldn't capitalize. 
Uh, and then the few opportunities and the few times that uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins had a calamity defensively, the Islanders were there to end up uh, punishing them for it and, and getting the job done. So a tough one for the Penguins, and we'll see what they're made of this group. You know, a, a team that felt pretty confident about themselves coming into the playoffs with the way they played in the second half of the year. And now they're going to have to find a way to win two in a row uh, against the Islanders to avoid uh, elimination. Uh, of course, last night, we see the end of the road for Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and the Edmonton Oilers in an absolutely incredible hockey game. Uh, that was as good a, a game and a good a overtimes as you'll see. You know, chances galore, opportunities galore, guys blocking shots left and right. And I'm going to give a shout out to my fellow Hamiltonian, Darnell Nurse. What a warrior. And they, if, if there was one guy that deserved the win last night for Edmonton more than anybody else, it's probably Darnell Nurse. 60 minutes of ice time on a back-to-back two after they had to play the night before. And there he is still. It didn't look like he lost anything on his skating stride. That is the amazing part about how he played last night. He's still jumping into the play. He's still log, lugging the puck up the ice effortlessly, as he always does, blocking shots left and right. He did everything he could. He was he was the tower of power on that Edmonton blue line. Um, and if you and if you look back on this series, if you're the Oilers, obviously Kyle Connor with the overtime winner. You're going to look back on it and you're going to say, you know what? It's, a, it's brutal that we got swept in this series and lost in the first round, but a bounce here and a bounce there. And if a couple of those games in overtime go their way and a couple of those one, like three of the games were one goal games. So that's what makes this very, very uh, a hard pill to swallow if you're the Edmonton Oilers. But at the end of the day, it's still, as I said on Twitter, maybe I overreacted at the time, but saying a cataclysmic failure, it's still a failure for the Edmonton Oilers. It absolutely is. To, to not only lose this series, which a lot of people, myself included, thought you would win, and not only lose it but get swept, that's just a, a sign that this team's got to find another way to uh, up their level at playoff time. They don't score enough greasy, grimy, dirty goals or take punishment in the, in the pain area, in the crease area, in the slot. That's the issue they've got right now, and they've got to solve that uh, at this point in time. I thought they did a lot of good things, but at the end of the day, they just needed to find better ways to play, score those playoff-type goals. As Look, McDavid passed up a million shooting opportunities last night. It drove me nuts. Like I know there's some people that are saying you got to blame other people before McDavid, but he had to have a little bit of a better series. There is a lot of blame that has to go to the fact they got nothing from the second line, the third line, and the fourth line in that series. I mean, no depth forward showed up for the Edmonton Oilers offensively, and that's got to change, and that's on Kenny Holland. He's got to go into the offseason and say, I've got to insulate Connor and Leon with third and fourth line difference-making forwards that can put a puck in the net for me every now and then. And right now, the Oilers don't have that at this point in time. Uh, briefly on the other games, Minnesota, uh, give them credit. Uh, I don't know how much credit because they got outplayed large extent of that game. Cam Talbot was good. Vegas couldn't capitalize on their chances. Maybe a weak start for Flurry by his standards, but give Minnesota credit. And Kaprizov, when he scores, they win. And he finally got on the board for the Wild last night to extend that series, push it back to Minnesota for game six. And we got to mention Spencer Knight. What a debut uh, for the Florida Panthers. And I said on Twitter, Alex, I'm not the only one that can be thinking this now after he led in the first goal and made 36 straight saves after that with Tampa, Florida winning 4-1. to one. I can't be alone in thinking, could this be the ride the wave with this young kid, this young phenom, and maybe ride him all the way to a comeback series win in seven for this Florida team? 
I could see that happening now. Just get me to game seven floor. Uh, Alex will be happy because we took them game seven uh, this series uh, to go seven games. But Spencer Knight was unbelievably good. Unbelievably good. And I'm not surprised, to be honest. I know it was his playoff debut. I know it was a lot of pressure in an elimination game. But one thing I've learned about this kid in his college days, the World Juniors leading them to gold, Team USA, is that there's no moment that he panics in. He's got poise. He's calm. He's steady. Uh, He rises to the moment. He rises to the occasion and to the game. And he doesn't flounder in that spotlight. And we saw that last night from Spencer Knight. They've got a real deal for the future in net with him, this Florida Panthers team. Alex, what's your thoughts on the action last night? Well, yeah, we'll start there with Spencer Knight. You know, like I said, you know, and Jimmy talked about it uh, before, you know, like I said, in his elimination games now, he's five and two in these spots over the last year between college, juniors, and now uh, in the NHL. And we talk about how, you know, rookie goalies in the playoffs, they've been able to carry, uh, you know, teams down the stretch and, and win things. We saw, you know, Jordan Bennington, even, you know, you talk about Coach Quinville for Florida. He, you know, we saw the emergence of Scott Darling uh, years ago, you know, when he had to step in, Crawford was, was a bit rusty. His play, you know, helped lead the way. Of course, he didn't go all the way through the playoffs, but having that spark, that energy from a rookie goalie can really, uh, you know, take you far. Like you said, it'd be nice to just get to at least seven games. I don't know if they'll be able to, to beat uh, Tampa in this series uh, at this point, but like I said, just a hell of a start from him. And you look at Minnesota, they pretty much played the exact same way they did uh, the game before. It got off to the early lead. The only difference was that Vegas couldn't, uh, you know, find the back of the net in those last 40 minutes, but they definitely dominated uh, the play in those latter two periods. And Vegas still has yet to clinch uh, a series at home uh, in their short history. So now they get to go on the road. They'll be here in St. Paul uh, tomorrow night and I think that's where Vegas will probably end up finding a way to get it done. We've seen the Wild uh, choke in some of these elimination spots at home going back over the last uh, few years in the postseason. So a valiant effort for them to not get eliminated on the road. But now they got to come home, which you think for most teams would be a good thing. But I think it might possibly could be a a bit of a negative uh, for the Wild, considering how their history has gone. And you mentioned, you know, of course, the Jets. Uh, a hell of an effort for them to pull off the four-game sweep. None of us really thought they had a chance to win this series the way that they backed into the playoffs. But Edmonton just, you know, they laid an egg and pissed all over it. That's the only way you can kind of really describe this. Uh, Connor McDavid, like you said, hadn't, you know, risen to the occasion. He did get a goal, but he also had the turnover that gave away uh, the game winner in that third overtime. It's just uh, that whole, you know, franchise is in disarray right now. And, of course, all the rumors from now until next year will be, was McDavid going to be, you know, wearing that orange and blue jersey uh, at the beginning of the season. Maybe he asked for a trade. Maybe we see something, uh, you know, huge uh, happen in the offseason. We don't know yet, but uh, it's going to be a tough offseason for that Oilers team. This is an absolutely disappointing – the only other disappointing playoff exit I've seen in the last few years had to be when uh, Tampa got swept out by Columbus after winning the President's Trophy. It's it's on that level. I mean, this is a team that, you know, they thought they had a great chance, especially with this playoff format, uh, and then to just, you know, not show up. Uh, you know, and, and, and put the dagger in the, those games when you're, you know, three overtime games, your superstar needs, that's when he hit, that's when he gets to steal the game. Like I said, the goalie can keep you in the game all day, all night, but you got to have that goal. And that's where the McDavid and Dreisaitl, one of those two guys need to really step up and say, Hey, I'm going to take the lead. You know, even with McDavid's goal, you saw him go end to end around everybody. That's the kind of effort you got to put in when you're in overtime and you're down, you know, three games to nothing. 
like you said, the second line didn't do anything. Darnell Nurse was the one who played his ass off. Kudos to him. Like you said, 60 minutes of ice time. That's a franchise record for the Oilers. So uh, it's unfortunate that he has to, you know, get that uh, that proud record in, in a such a defeating, uh, you know, effort. But it's just, uh, it would be interesting to see, you know, the Jets now with rest. And uh, I'm sure they're hoping that Toronto and Montreal can beat the crap out of each other before they have to play one of them in the second round. There's no question about that. The longer that series goes between those original six rivals, Toronto and Montreal, the happier the Jets will be. Uh, because you know what? Nikolai Ehlers is just still coming back from an injury. Him getting rest is a good thing. Blake Wheeler took the uh, puck to the uh, very uh, sensitive gonad area uh, there last night uh, and definitely concerned about that, but he came back. Uh, very, very high level of pain threshold for uh, Blake Wheeler. He showed that again. Uh, last night coming back in the uh, overtime was part of it. And, yes, uh, Kyle Connor, uh, just kudos to the teams, both even Edmonton, for as disappointing as it was, um, for the, the performance and the high level of play they both had last night. On the second of back-to-backs going three overtimes, the pace just never relented. And you would think it would have slowed down a little bit for two teams that have played so much hockey the last two nights, and it didn't. And props to uh, Harner Ryan Singh, who did everything he could with his sing-song last night in that overtime game winner. He does the old sing-song like we heard with uh, Nikolai Ehlers. And the other <laughs> night was, uh, yeah. the other night was, was, oh yeah, Paul Stastny. <laughs> he tried it with Connor last night, but you could tell his voice was uh, hurting a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ten periods of hockey in two nights, so. Uh, but he uh, he's, he's he's an up and rise he's a rising star in terms of a play by play guy in the league um, and uh, he, he was great on the call the the play on the ice was excellent uh, it's just unfortunate for Edmonton it had to end this way and I was impressed with Edmonton that they didn't fold after three nothing uh, down in the series losing the way they did blowing the third period lead four one they actually came back strong and 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 fought their ass off last night unfortunately uh, it was just uh, too uh, too much Winnipeg. Uh, and they weren't able to get it done. And poor Dave Tippett, because he said it multiple times, Alex, we thought we had learned lessons how to protect leads, you know, be able to get the job done, and they showed it in the regular season. Edmonton was one of the best teams in the NHL protecting a lead uh, in the regular season. And then to see how game three ended, blowing a 4-1 lead in the third period, they had a 3-2 lead going into the third last night. They couldn't hang on to that either. It's just It just basically went away from them, that ability to protect a lead at worst time. And now they got to learn those painful lessons uh, all over again. Uh, hopefully we'll learn some lessons on how to bet the card tonight, because that's what we're going to do right now. Uh, tonight's games, we have two of them. We'll start with Nashville and Carolina. Carolina is about a minus 195 to minus 200 favorite here at home in game five. Uh, the total uh, five and a half shaded to the under in this game. Um, Carolina certainly has made this series a lot more stressful and unnecessarily uncomfortable. Uh, after the last two games in Nashville. But at the end of the day, if they're going to lose this series, Carolina, Nashville's going to have to show they can win in Carolina. And I don't know if they can. Uh, they've had a nightmare time of it all season in that building. They already lost the first two games of this series in Carolina. And I think the Hurricanes definitely are going to pack a much stronger punch. They probably should have won game four uh, in Nashville. What did they have? 60 shots on goal on UC Soros. And all it took was, and it really Carolina, each time that looked like they were going to take a stranglehold on game four, especially when they went up 3-2, they took a bad penalty. They took a needless penalty right after that. Nashville got a power play. They tied the game. It seemed like these little mistakes Carolina was making, even though they were controlling the game on Sunday in game four, 
Every little mistake was coming back to hurt them. A bad penalty at a bad time puts them shorthanded. Nashville ties the game 3-3. It's those little things that kept Nashville hanging around, kept them believing. And sure enough, they get the chance in overtime uh, and they put it away and, and tie the series. Uh, Carolina has not shown they could be beaten by Nashville in this building all season long. Um, I don't want to lay this price with Carolina. And I'm very, very reluctant to ever take a regulation and I haven't bet many regulation lines in this series, but I'm going to actually do that tonight with Carolina. Now I actually already bet it at minus 115. It's up to minus 130, you know, to minus 135 even in some spots. So there's a lot of Carolina money here. I knew I had to get in a little bit earlier at a good price, but I do like Carolina in regulation here. I still, I have to put, I have to bank on the superior team, which I still believe is the hurricanes in this series winning at home where they have won each of the previous two games in this series. And Nashville got is a hardworking, hard-trying team. They're playing rope-a-dope. That's what they're doing. You know, they're, they're, they know they're not possessing the puck or getting the uh, having the puck as much as Carolina. They know they're not generating the offense that Carolina is, but they're getting the goaltending, and they're pouncing on mistakes from Carolina and penalties. And that's been the difference here when all is said and done. So uh, I like Carolina in regulation. And look, the last two games, well, all of a sudden we've seen – uh, both teams being able to find some offensive success. I think that has the potential to carry over here. The over, as uh, Mikey is saying in the chat, is plus 120 uh, over five and a half. I'm going to get in on that as well with the uh, over in game five tonight with the Predators and the Hurricanes. Look, Nashville does have their power play working. I think Carolina is going to probably have a bunch of power plays tonight because we're already seeing the shift in the officiating after in after game three, where Rod Brindamore basically called out the refs and saying you're, it's basically been one-sided in favor of Nashville. We've gotten all the penalties. And sure enough, Carolina finally had more uh, power plays than Nashville uh, in the last game. So you wonder now if the whistle is going to be continue to be a, a, at least a little bit friendlier here to Carolina uh, in this game tonight. So I like the Canes in regulation and also uh, over five and a half plus 120. Alex, uh, what's your thoughts here? Nashville, Carolina. Yeah, it only makes sense from a side perspective to look at the home team because that's what's been cashing. And if you go back uh, the last 10 games, 10 and 0 to the home side, uh, and, and that's been an interesting trend. And we see that happen in the playoffs where that zigzag of, of who's at home ends up winning. That ends up being the case, especially when you talk about this particular series and this particular season where they have two full arenas, two very loud and energetic fan bases. Uh, it seems to be really carrying them so far. So Carolina gets the advantage there in that spot. But like you said, you got a good number at minus $1.15. $1.30 is a bit steep for regulation, especially when the last two games have gone into overtime. Uh, the thing I like here, I like the over in the, in the full game, but I love this first period over. You can get it right now, one and a half plus a, a dollar five. Uh, we've seen this cash in four of the last five meetings. That includes the, the uh, last regular season meeting between these two teams. Uh, and, and that's the thing, like I said, they're getting off to a, a solid start. Like I said, you know, the power play for Nashville is finally working. Uh, and the fact that, you know, we might see some penalties, you know, call it both ways. It's going to be a trippy series the rest of the way, uh, no matter what, uh, you know, rink they're in. So I think we're going to definitely see some goals early and often. So give me the first period over and also give me the full game over as well. Yeah, uh, the, the first period over makes sense as well because you think Carolina get that first goal quickly, pounce on Nashville. They're the deeper team, Carolina, too. And after a long overtime game on Sunday, jump on Nashville quickly. You've got the deeper blue line. You might also have Jacob Slavin back tonight. Keep an eye on that. He's missed a lot, and obviously he's an integral blue liner for Carolina. He might return. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but definitely, I think, a chance to uh, 
uh, maybe uh, see Carolina jump out early. And if that's the case, definitely helps the first period over. Uh, no question uh, about that. Yeah, I mean, lots of ch chat uh, in the or lots of chatter in our uh, Ice Guys chat on YouTube about McDavid. He's got to go through a little bit of what Alex Ovechkin went through the early part of this decade, where he was labeled as a regular season guy, not much success in the playoffs, and he's just got to find that ability to elevate at playoff time like Ovi did. Do you know what Ovi's problem was early in his career? They were losing in the playoffs. Do you know what he said? He said, I'm a perimeter guy. I'm a perimeter player. I'm not working hard enough to get to the middle of the ice, to get to the front of the net. I'm not being physical enough. Well, guess what Alex Ovechkin has been the last few years? He's been much more physical. He's been going to the net more. Uh, he's been finding ways to score other than just hanging out in the uh, face-off circle for the one-timer, which he still does, but he doesn't just solely rely on that now like he did many years ago. Connor McDavid's got to think that same way. You know, I got to go to the front of the net. I think for a guy that's, look, he's not in terms of, in terms of bulk, he's not the biggest guy, but he's still big in terms of height. And he can still throw his weight around when he wants to. And I find he doesn't do it enough. So that's another way that I think Connor McDavid could elevate and become more of a playoff performer than he is right now. So those are all areas and uh, that he can improve on. And look, you can't put all the blame on Connor McDavid. And it's not fair to do that because he still has had an incredible season for the Oilers. Like there's nobody that did anything on the second, third and fourth line for Edmonton. And that has to be that shit has to be fixed that they didn't get anything from the second, third, and fourth line. That's just every bit the uh, problem in this series as anything McDavid did or didn't do. Uh, but still, Connor, there is another way to play and improve your game at playoff time, and I think he still uh, has uh, to find that. And, yes, Ovechkin had a lot more of a supporting cast when they won the Cup, no doubt, and that's on Ken Holland. You've got to get uh, a second, third, and fourth line that can consistently uh, show up for you. Yeah, that's a good point. Connor McDavid will be uh, golfing on the golf course back in Ontario with our uh, special guest, <laughs> Brett Sontag, from uh, right. a couple of or a couple of weeks ago. He was a special guest. He's been on the BetCast a couple of times as well. Uh, yeah, he's going to be uh, having a round of golf with Brett, and Brett will probably beat him there too. He's going to suffer another L probably because Brett said Connor's golf game isn't the greatest right now. Um, so he might suffer another loss on the golf course uh, in addition to uh, getting knocked out in the first round by the uh, – Winnipeg Jets here. Uh, funny stuff, but uh, yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that. I'll have to keep in touch with Brett and see if he's got any golf uh, games planned over the summer uh, with uh, Connor McDavid. Uh, Montreal and Toronto. Montreal's two losses away from golfing. Uh, they're down 2-1 in this series to the Leafs. We've got Toronto about a minus 180 uh, road favorite here uh, in game four. Back uh, total five and a half shaded to the under. Uh, as far as, uh, and this has been addressed in the chat as well, why are they playing back-to-back, -back, the Jets and the Oilers, and why are the Leafs and Habs playing back-to-back? -back? Well, they got a late start in the playoffs on all the other divisions. Simple as that. The NHL wants to catch, play, help them play catch-up, and the only way they're going to do that is if they at least uh, schedule one set of back-to-back -back games for both of those series, and that's exactly uh, what they've done. I'm taking a shot with the Habs here tonight. Like last night, I was not involved in this game from a side or total perspective. I stayed off the game entirely. One really wanted no part of it. Uh, I figured Toronto had a pretty good chance to win, but I didn't want to back them. I wanted to see how the game went. And the way the game went is Montreal's been right there in this series so far through three games. They really have. I mean, yeah, Toronto definitely controlled the play in the first period, especially the second period. But the third period, it was all Montreal. And they did everything they could except tie that game. Jack Campbell was terrific uh, in net. 
And let's be honest, if Montreal is going to have a snowball's chance in hell of winning this series, and it's already, you know, I don't want to say a long shot, but, you know, they're definitely the underdog decisively to win this series. But if they're, uh, if they have, if they entertain any notion of winning this series, beating this Leafs team, have to win the game tonight. Simple as that. I, I don't see a scenario where they're winning three games in a row uh, against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I just don't see it happening. So this is a must almost tonight for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. I like some of the things I saw from the lineup changes. That Dush- And I've been critical on Ducharme, but he made the right move, get Cole Caulfield in the series last night, and he had chances. He was moving. He had the puck. He was dancing a little bit. He made things happen. He didn't score, but he hit the post once. Like He had some really good looks at the Toronto net uh, last night, so that was good. I'd like to see the young Russian defenseman, uh, Alexander Romanov, uh, in the lineup as well for the Canadians, but I'm not as sure about him coming back into the lineup. With this being a back-to-back, we also are wondering where are these two teams going to go with their goaltending tonight. I, for one, thought for sure we were going to see backups last night, Brossois for the Jets and maybe even Koskinen for the Oilers. We didn't see either backup. It was still Connor Hellebuck and Mike Smith in net. The Habs have already confirmed Carey Price is going back in there uh, and will be the starting goalie on the back-to-back. I'm a lot less certain about Toronto coming back to Jack Campbell because Jack Campbell had a maintenance day last week where he didn't practice and they really have been trying to avoid Jack Campbell playing back-to-back nights throughout the season. I could see Freddie Anderson being the goalie tonight for the Leafs. I I actually think there's a really good chance of that. And Freddie Anderson's a big mystery right now in terms of what, what do you get? Hasn't played a lot of hockey. We know when he is on his game, he can be as good as any goalie, but that's a big if we get that kind of performance from Frederick Anderson if he is indeed the goalie tonight. Not for sure. Again, you have to wait until probably, we probably won't find out to the pregame skate half an hour uh, before puck drop tonight, who's in net for the Leafs. But I would expect the lineup not to change without Tavares, of course, indefinitely. You're still going to see Pierre Engvall in there. Felino didn't play last night. We'll have to see if he draws back in. But on a back-to-back, you know, I, I think they might save him for game five uh, in Toronto rather than put him back in there tonight. So Nick Foligno might be back in the next game, not so much tonight. I just think for Montreal, look, that was a game that was fairly even. And in the third period, they were really carrying the play to the Leafs. If they're going to find a way to make this series relevant, keep this series relevant and give themselves a chance, I think they have a shot tonight. And win or lose, I'm happy to take a plus 160 take back price uh, on the Montreal Canadiens tonight. I haven't bet any sides in this series other than Toronto and the first period of game two, which unfortunately I didn't work out Toronto first period puck line. I should say in game two, I'm going to take Montreal here. This is their spot. If they're going to make this a series tonight's got to be the game they have to have. And uh, I will look at the fact too, that if it's Frederick Anderson and net, not a sure thing that he's going to be a brick wall in there. Hasn't played a ton of hockey. And even before the injury, Alex, not been his finest season uh, in between the pipes for this uh, Toronto Maple Leafs team. So I'm going to take a shot here with the home underdog, Habitant, as they try to uh, uh, even up this series at two games apiece. As far as the total goes, Luke Murphy in our chat liking the over. I lean that way too, but boy, uh, it's been a tight-checking series. Toronto's defense needs to be mentioned, how good they've been. This is not the Leaf team that just doesn't defend anymore or can't defend anymore. They not only defend, they are outstanding defensively right now. And their penalty kill, you can't score with the man advantage against the Leafs right now. Their penalty kill 
Alex, I can't even remember the last time they gave up a power play goal, Toronto. Their penalty kill has been outstanding. So it's hard to bet an over if you're not sure either power play is going to have a boatload of success. And unfortunately, I kind of feel that way. Neither power play in great form right now. Uh, what do you think, Alex? Uh, big game, fascinating game, game four, Leafs-Habs. It's funny you mentioned that the last time the Leafs gave up a power play goal was back on May 3rd against these same Montreal Canadiens. They gave up exactly one out of uh, four chances. So like I said, the, it, they've been electric. I was on the Habs last night and unfortunately didn't cash. I thought that was going to be kind of the you know same thought process you have tonight with, you know, this is they're back at home. They're going to, you know, have things kind of rolling in, in, in their favor uh, and, and would be able to get that momentum. But they just, you know, like I said, it was a, a tough, tight game. And really, I mean, Toronto is the better club between these two. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. So they've found a way to, to gut, gut it out and get the win. And, of course, we talk about it ad nauseum, the pressure that's on the Maple Leafs, uh, you know, to advance and keep moving forward, try to make, uh, you know, a legitimate run to the cup. I think this is going to be a spot here where, you know, Toronto more than likely finds a way to win off of some goofy play. I'm going to stay away from it as far as the side goes. The thing I like, uh, I like Cole Caulfield, his shot total over two and a half. Or he can play at least three shots. Uh, find that around anywhere between minus a dollar ten and even money. Uh, he said Caulfield. He had three shots last night. He's going to be the guy that really needs to get things buzzing from an offensive standpoint. Uh, and like I said, this guy's—he's a natural-born scorer. He's going to find a way to get quality chances and, and hopefully get one in the back of the net. Uh, you could take a flyer with him to score at plus two seventy-five, but I like the his over shots on goal total. And I'll probably be looking to bet this more in game, especially like I said, Frederick Anderson starting in net. Uh, I'll be leaning to look for some next to, next team to score props. Uh, and I'll just you know try to chip away and make some money that way rather than go with a side or a total. All right, there we go. Uh, like in, I like I agree fully with the Cole Caulfield goal scorer prop and the shots on goal prop over two and a half at even money. You're right. He got to three last night. He's a he's a guy that just shoots the puck when he gets it on his stick. He's not really looking to pass off very often. He's looking to either take it to the net. And either shoot from a standing position or take it to the net and get a shot on goal. So he's a, he's a guy that's looking to shoot the puck uh, early and often. So uh, that uh, prop makes sense. Caulfield over shots uh, in this one. I think there's a Tyler Toffoli game for the uh, Canadians. I think he's actually been pretty quiet, but he's had some chances. He's been carrying the Habs offensively down the uh, all season, really. Uh, but especially in the second half of the year, and I think Tyler Toffoli, this could be the night he gets on the uh, scoreboard. I would look at him at a, in a goal scorer prop potentially uh, as well tonight. Um, for the Leafs, again, the Leafs only scored two goals last night. Uh, they, they really have so much depth that goal scorer props with the Leafs are tough. I'm not going to kid anybody about that because Matthews and Marner are always you know pricey to bet, to bet them to score. And their depth guys are usually the guys I like to take a shot with, but Sometimes that you know they're they don't get on the scoreboard and they rely more on Matthews. So that's why it's a tougher team. And that's look, Toronto's also a team that when they get a lead now, they're not looking to pile on goals, Alex. They're looking to hold the fort defensively. They've completely altered their style of play and they've shown success doing that. Like if that was Toronto a few years ago, Alex, and the Habs had all the pressure that they did in the final two minutes. Last night, a few years ago against Toronto, Toronto's probably running around, breaking down left and right, and they probably give up that tying goal and lose in overtime. That would have been the Leafs of old. But the Leafs of now are defensive conscience teams. Absolutely they are, and they definitely showed that, protecting that one-goal lead for that entire third period last night on the road uh, and getting the job done. So 
That's also why to Luke Murphy's point in the chat about the over, it's why I'm reluctant to bet the over because you just see this team just shutting it down, shutting the game down when they get a lead, not looking to pile on and add to it. So uh, something to keep in mind there. A great discussion. That is the Tuesday uh, NHL card, uh, just two games tonight. Um, before we get to best bets, um, a reminder, in terms of the bet cast, um, the schedule is up in the air. Like on, we're, we're playing this night by night, day by day right now with the schedule. You know, I'm aiming for a Thursday bet cast or a Friday. It'll pro- I'm going to maybe try to go to Thursday because I think the Thursday might be a little bit better. Friday was a smaller turnout last night or last week, I should say, on the bet cast. So we might try for Thursday. But I'm not. We're not locking anything in until either tomorrow or the day of because we got to see what the schedule is. If there's only one or two games, we're not going to do a betcast. I'll tell you that right now. So uh, it's got to be a. De- we got to see which game series are still going uh, toward the end of the week. Uh, if there's only one or two games on a nightly basis, we'll probably just shelve it for this week and come back next week when the uh, second round or the next round is underway with the next betcast. So uh, stay tuned. We will have more. Just don't know when yet. We'll try for later this week based on the schedule, but. We'll have more information closer uh, to Thursday and Friday this week. Uh, DraftKings, download the Sportsbook app. DraftKings, sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. Uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, and MLB on a daily basis. A great time of year to be a sports better and to try out DraftKings. When you download the app and sign up for an account, you'll get deposit bonuses, weekly specials, weekly incentives, bet boosts, and more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. All right, it is time for best bets for this uh, Tuesday uh, NHL Stanley Cup playoff card. Uh, Only two games to choose from. Uh, Alex, what do you got for best bet? I'm going with that first period over between Carolina and Nashville. Like I said, cashed in four of the last five meetings between these two teams. Uh, and like I said, you know, you have back-to-back double overtime games. We could see some uh, tired legs in, on, on the defense early. So uh, I definitely think we're going to see at least two goals here. So give me that first period over plus 105 is my best bet. All right, there we go. Nashville, Carolina over one and a half plus 105 first period. Uh, best bet for uh, Alex B. Smith. Uh, look, there's only a couple of games to choose from. Uh, I only have two bets as of right now pre-game or three, actually, I've got the full game over with Nashville, Carolina. I've got Montreal as a dog, but I'm going to go with the best bet, Carolina, in regulation here. I don't love laying regulation bets a lot uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs just because we've had so many tight games. I'm just hoping Carolina is dominant enough tonight to avoid overtime. Hopefully that's the case. Carolina in regulation, current price minus 130. I did get a better price, but I'm still going to recommend it as best bet material at the current price. Carolina, Hurricanes, in regulation, minus 130. Uh, that is going to be my best bet for this Tuesday uh, Ice Guys uh, Stanley Cup playoff slate. That'll wrap up this edition of the show. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live on YouTube seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, you can download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeart. We're well over the 10K download mark with the podcast, and we have all of you to thank. We appreciate that immensely. Keep on downloading that Ice Guys podcast. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.